just going to make Rob a co-host in case anything happens to me during the Christmas Oh, yeah, podcast. that's right. Yeah, we want anything to happen to you. <laughs> Liz, maybe, but not you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm completely, you know. Healthy? Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> For once. <laughs> I kid. All right. Recording in progress. Welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter. <laughs> wow, we only got <laughs> one. We only got one banter today. I don't know what's going, what's going on. Uh, hey, this is of course the podcast where we talk with advocates and members of the disability community to educate and inspire better conversation about disability. Hey, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today. I don't, I, I don't even, I don't know what, the, what order to do this in anymore. Uh, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello again, everybody. I feel like if I do it fast, uh, people won't notice. And <laughs> Miss Liz Malone. Hey there, everyone. And Mr. Steve Barkley. G'day. See, that seemed to work. If I do it fast, no one complains. What order <laughs> I do it in. Gonna Keep take, harping on it, we're gonna complain. I have to write that down. Just do it fast, they won't notice. Uh, hey, how the heck is everybody? Great. Frustrated. Uh, <laughs> I already mentioned that, though. You, well, you did, but it was off mic. But yes, apparently you're having uh, AT problems. Google Google account problems. Yeah, yeah, it's a drag. I hate them. I, you know what I hate is Microsoft account. Yeah, it's worse than Google accounts. I don't know. Well, maybe not in the sense that because you're trying to you're trying you're fighting with the security part of it, but I just hate how. Microsoft account, they really want to make that a thing. And I, I don't want it to be a thing. I don't want to have a Microsoft account. Well, enough accounts. Some, and then sometimes they'll ask you to use the Microsoft Authenticator app, which I've tried and doesn't work. And I'm just, yeah, yeah just stop That's making right. the thing. I don't want to have to log into everything in my life. <laughs> like I just want to be able to turn something on and just have it work. Exactly. Yeah. Well, so. if I lose my index finger, I'll never be able to log into anything ever, ever again. <laughs> that's a good point. That's why I don't use fingerprint sensors. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. I do that too. And I, I've started to like incorporate more, like anything that says, oh, do you want to just use your fingerprint to, to log in? I'm like, yes, yes, please. So I'm doing the same thing, Liz. So, you, But you're right. Like that's a concern now because... Maybe if it does ever get severed, I'm just going to tell them to put it in a baggie and so I can keep it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to like start wearing those gloves everywhere. Like, you know, those hand models that have to protect their hands. I'm like, no, I just need to be able to log in. (laughs) I can see that too. I'm not a hand model. Yeah, forget the forget the card that says, you know, do not revive. I'll be like, if, 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 if index finger severed, please keep. (laughs) I'm going to so. will it to somebody, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the keys to my kingdom. There you go. My severed yeah, finger. Exactly. So. Wow. All right. Well, that's off to a morbid start. Isn't I like it. it. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, how about uh, how about Liz? Liz, are you feeling better? You were, you were a little sick last week. So uh, how are you feeling this week? I'm feeling really great because right now Florida is whooping the canes. 
No, back to oh, hockey. Is it hockey? We got to do a hockey update. Yeah, we have, okay, fine. We haven't done a hockey thing for a while, so let's get a little bit of an update on what's going on. So, uh, yeah, what's going on? Let's... Well, my doubles got spanked by the Canes, so okay. then it's the whole you know the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So okay. I actually don't mind the Panthers. So right now the Canes are at this time as we're recording it, they're down three games mm-hmm. and nothing to uh, to Florida, and I'm I'm loving it. This is a nice. very, this is a happy list right now. Steve, Steve, what's your take on all of this? I know that, you know, the Canucks are long gone, but. Uh... Yeah, well, the Canucks never made it to the, to the show, but uh, yeah. So we, uh, my, my buddy and I decided we would be Jets fans and that didn't work out. <laughs> so then, then we decided we would be uh, Edmonton fans and that didn't work out. Womp womp. So uh, then we decided we're going to be uh uh, Seattle fans, and that's that's not working out. <laughs> <laughs> You're moving your, your way down south, right? Yeah. So I think uh, I think uh, I, I think just to just to help you along, Liz, I'll become a Carolina fan. There you go. It's, it's <laughs> guaranteed guaranteed death for them. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Barkley curse right. is right. moving across the country. Whatever whatever team Steve's betting on, go the opposite. Yeah, bet bet against it. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Well, wasn't there? Because I, I remember hearing something about like with, with the Leafs for a while. Like, what what happened with them? Because I know that like, they were in the news for a little bit. But what what was the significance there? Yeah, they lost to Florida. But that was it. But they but what, they were really excited there for a while. Like, did well, they, they beat ma- Tam- they beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, which was okay. like. I mean, huge, huge. I mean, that was like their right, right, Steve. That was like their World Series, and then then the next uh, the next lineup against. Florida, they just yeah, they tanked. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, that's a little bit of everything. For it's something for everybody, because you know, for the Leafs fans, they got their moment of glory, and then for everybody else who hates the Leafs, they got to watch them fail spectacularly in the next series. So, I feel like that's a win for everybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it was. Listen, it, it was still a very exciting season. It's not over yet, obviously. Right. But, but, so where know, where are they? Are they, are they in the playoffs, the semi playoffs? Like what's going like where what's going on? They're in their conference finals right now. I don't know what that means. So there's four teams left. Okay, great. East, so, so East, East and teams West. and West teams. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, I'm excited to no, can, listen no, to you guys talk about the no finals. No Canada though. No. No. So could you what what are the four teams? On the, the West, it's Vegas. And Dallas, and yep. on the east, it's Carolina and Florida. Hmm. All right, Vegas, huh? Mm-hmm. Vegas wow. Knights. Yep. Wow. All right. Well, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned, everybody. <laughs> we'll know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> heard one yeah. here first. Nothing. You definitely did not hear <laughs> like, it here first. <laughs> you heard it here on a delay on a one week delay. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I Part predict Vegas hockey. will win the cup this year. Okay. Well. Oh. Well. This. Okay. This will be fun. Let's go around the room real quick uh, before we get started. So Ryan thinks it's Vegas. Liz, any? What's your prediction? I'm gonna take Florida. Okay, Steve. Uh, I, I can't possibly pick one without them losing, so I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll pass. I'll pass. Okay. okay, that's fair. Yeah, I think I'm going to pass, too. I just never know if I'm There's four teams it. left. If everyone can take a team. Okay, I've fine. Got... I'll go with Vegas, too. I'm going to go with Vegas, too, cause, just because that would be fun. 
to for Vegas because have they ever won? They haven't never won, have they? Yes, they have. Yeah, oh. they won. They won their first first year in the league. Oh no, kidding! Yeah, wow, it must be really good. They must have a, like a lot of money or something to throw at that team that, that they do so well being a new team. No, yeah, they moneyballed it. You know, they yeah. went out mm. and picked all the guys that were you know underrated, not getting the the shifts that they thought they were deserving, and they stole them away and made a team out of them. Uh, that's no fair. Hmm. But I still think they'll win. Bring back the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> what do you mean? They're gone? Well, Emilio's not coaching. Oh, stop it. <laughs> he hasn't been the same without Paula. Yeah, okay, whatever. Now you're, just, now you're just messing with me. I, I got a question. What's that? Yes. What, what are we doing this podcast? So, our guest this week... She's been broadcasting on the air and been audio describing content for almost 10 years now. So if you've been streaming any sort of online media, chances are you've probably heard her voice talking you through the scenes, the people, and the places. Our guest today is Diane Newman. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Glad you could make it. So much to talk to you about. But why don't we start with just maybe just giving us a little bit of a, an idea of some of your background, because, you know, you weren't always a, an audio describer. And I'm, I'm really curious um, to sort of hear about your sort of career trajectory through the years. So maybe just give us a little bit of a, a brief overview of your career and uh, where you started. OK, well, I was born at a very early age. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> No, I'm 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 a BC girl, born in British Columbia, and uh, I grew up in a rural area, just uh, east of Vancouver. <clears throat> so, we didn't have a lot of uh, a lot of uh, entertainment in in my childhood. So, reading became my my real passion as as a kid. I was in a big family, so I had the benefit of all my older siblings to sort of read to me guide me along and so there my early part of my childhood was a lot of reading a lot of music and a lot of theater so theater was kind of a lifesaver as it is for a lot of people and uh, by the time I was uh, in high school I was really really into the theater scene so that uh, sort of led, led the, the acting sort of led to to other things and I you know uh, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest I have no post-secondary education okay I'll be quite upfront about that and um, so I mean for for a portion of my life I just sort of I worked retail I did uh, whatever I, I worked as a tour guide in a military museum um, so but I, I collect I collect knowledge along the way. This is I'm, I'm a bit of a sponge in that regard. So I was living in Squamish, BC, and they had a mom and pop radio station. And I went in to pitch a thing for our local theater group, and I brought my resume. I said, I can do this job. And the guy kind of looked at me, and okay, maybe he liked my voice or whatever. So a couple months later, he called and said, Hey, are you still interested? And I said, Absolutely, I'm interested. 
So I, I, start, I launched my radio career in 1986 in this mom and pop station and knowing zero about radio. But I learned really quickly on, on how everything, all the mechanics worked, how to put together a break, how to do a back sell, how to do a pre-sell, um, doing commercials, writing news copy, delivering the news, uh, timing, and, and all these things. The, the timing is so essential for um, description. I mean, that is, as, as a describer, timing is, is absolutely critical to everything. Because um, as you know, we don't want to walk on dialogue. We don't want to walk on any music that might be intrinsic to the, uh, to the scene. So from, uh, from the small town, I moved into Vancouver. And uh, then I, I worked full-time news for just about 20 years. So the, the radio career was over in 2011. And uh, I found myself at odds. And, you know, it was, it was very difficult for someone who had already worked in the industry for, for that length of time. And uh, despite having a somewhat decent reputation um, in town, um, I, I, radio just, it left me. And uh, so I, I didn't know what I was, I saw an ad on TV and it was for described video. So I go on Google, describe video. The first name that came up was Descriptive Video Works. So I sent them an email, and Laura Davies, bless her heart, responded the next day. The following day, I went in, read some material for her, and uh, I started working for Descriptive Video Works, and that was August of 2013. So that's, that's how I landed in this and it really is sort of a culmination of everything that i have done in, in the past because it involves acting it involves the timing and 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 the more you know the, the more you know about the world um uh, language and everything else that that has certainly worked for me uh, in in the field of uh, described video, but so previous to that though, had you ever even heard of the, the idea of described video? Yes, yes, I had watched uh, AMI, and uh, I, I I was aware that it existed, uh, but I had not really explored it as um, a potential career. Um, that I, I, you know, I, I have friends who are, um, have, um, vision issues. And I mean, I, I sort of did it automatically with my one buddy, Bruce, you know, I would tell them what everybody's wearing at the party, <laughs> you know, it just sort of came automatically to me. Um, but it, it certainly, um, was a, a revelation to me to find out that it was, uh, becoming so much more mainstream than right. that what it, you know, my perception of it was that it was it was only certain programming that was showing it, and and I'd see the um, the disclaimer at the beginning. This program is available in described video, and um, I it just um, I, I was so wrapped in in the news industry. I mean, I I lived and breathed news for twenty years. It really, it sounds like there's, there's a lot of skills that you would build in 
through the broadcast medium, especially especially radio and especially something like news radio, um, mm -hmm. a lot of those skills seem to be really transferable into audio description. Mm -hmm. um, most specifically is the cold read. Being able to do a cold read, uh, because that, that happens um, every time I go into the studio here, I am reading uh, a script that I have not laid eyes on until I sit down and open the iPad and I look at the script and I might, I might take a little glance ahead to see how long a piece might be. And, and, and in news, when you're reading fresh copy that you have not, you have not written it, somebody else has written it. And, it, and, and it's, it's a little knack you pick up as you, as you're reading, you scan ahead and you'll pick out words that might be a trip for you, and you can sort of see where it's going. So um, it's that's one of the cool things that I, I really enjoy with with uh, described video, because um, because I can I can read the crawl. I'll read the crawl as it's coming across the screen. I have the script in front of me, but I can also read the crawl. And and there's similarities between well-written news and um, and the scripts that our writers produce is because um, I, I, I can write a I would write a news sentence or a news teaser headline in three words. So it, it's the the words matter. Um, it's it's um, not you know being too verbose about things and and that is, is is the words really matter is because it's word economy and you aren't going to use million dollar words when a, a ten dollar word will do it's it's being able to convey um the emotion and the visual in the most concise um and entertaining way possible Right. And, and because, of course, the time is very limited when you're doing audio description is you might have three seconds to to put in a line or, or describe something. And and you have to be very quick and you have to be very fast and, and just you and, and know what you're talking about. And, and that's part of it is knowing what you're talking about, too. So. It, it can be a bit of a challenge if if the script is is something you're not familiar with. I mean, right. that's why it, it pays to have a really uh, diverse, um, you know, a broad interest group of, of, of things that you've done and 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 watched and paid attention. Because I, I mean, last week I did a. <laughs> you were talking hockey earlier. I, I did a, a little documentary about uh, Henrik Lundqvist. So. You know, I know enough about hockey. He shoots, he scores, right? <laughs> <laughs> what more what do you need to know? <laughs> or, yeah, you know, in Steve's case, uh, he shoots and he doesn't score. Yeah. <laughs> well, well Di Diane's from the same town as me, so she knows the pain. <laughs> I know the pain. <laughs> So I, I'm really fascinated by by the sort of the whole process. So I was hoping that maybe you could give us a little bit of insight into sort of how it all works. So you, and you kind of already alluded to this, but so when when you get brought on to 
to describe a, a show or a documentary or whatever it happens to be, you don't necessarily get that script ahead of time. Is that oh, is that right? Not at all. Um, there was only one instance where I, um, under, under the great cloak of secrecy, and it was Narcos, which I did for Netflix. I did all six seasons of Narcos, and it was the first episode. And because the um, DVW was so so hyped and and had worked so long to to get this Netflix um, to get on with Netflix that they sent me a copy of the first episode so I could watch it and get a, a feel for the program and uh, that was really the only the first time that I had actually seen the show most uh, if if I know the title, if I if I'm doing a movie or it's a new series that's coming out, I'll I'll do a little research on it, find out who the actors are, what the premise of of the uh, the show is about, what it's you know what what's going to happen. Is it action? Is it romance? Is it horror? Is it drugs? Sex? You know, I, I just to give me a little bit of a a tip off before I go in and, and sit in, in the studio and uh, and read the script for it. But it's it's all fresh. Wow. And so is there is there a sort of a reason for that? Is it is that due to sort of time scheduling in terms of like the writers are just like basically, you know, knocking this out or just there, there's really no need for sort of the voice talent to really have that script ahead of time? I th it's the the reason is because as a describer it has to be i am i am seeing things for the first time so i'm not going to lead lead the, the listener on if if i know something ahead of time that's coming and i'm i'm not going to use um my tone of voice or or something to tip off the listener as, as to what's going to happen it has to be fresh for me too so, okay, take, for instance, Breaking Bad. I, I just, that was a phenomenal series, excellent writing. Darla Bickham was the writer for this. And I had watched, I think, the first two or three episodes of Breaking Bad, and then I watched the final episode. That's all I had watched at home on my own time. So when I'm, I'm describing it, it's, it's all new to me. So when I'm I, I'm I'm describing the scenes and and what's going on, it, it's all new to me. So I'm reacting as someone who is seeing it for the the first time, and there's like a holy factor for me. So that that of course <laughs> right. that comes out in 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 my delivery too, because you know is just so bizarre what I'm, I'm seeing and that's going to come out in my delivery, but I don't know what's happening. So I can't, I can't, you know, um, let, I'm not going to tip people off as to what I know is going to happen next. And, and that, that can be of course easily done with tone of voice. It's like, Hey, Hey, wait for this one. That's, that's why we keep it fresh so that we don't, we don't spoil it. We don't ruin the moment for for someone uh, who who is who is a, a viewer. So really, it sounds like 
the describer is really tailored to be sort of sort of an impartial presence in the whole experience that's also kind of along the along for the ride with the viewer exactly yes yep we're just we're there to provide the visuals and and enjoy what's happening and you know i mean there when i first started it was pretty unemotional it was just you know um don't don't put too much into it and then when as as time went by and in particularly with netflix they wanted a little more they little wanted a little more emotion a little more action so that that allowed me to sort of expand my delivery a little bit so it, it then it becomes more like storytelling which was and, and in the news industry it's telling a story and and helping people to care about things so it i i don't i don't judge um the emotions that a character might be having i'm going to describe those emotions um it's like with uh, narcos pablo escobar had had some moments where he he was very he was overwhelmed and he was crying and i'm i'm not going to um i'm not going to um take away his emotion no he he's feeling real emotion and 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 that that's a tender tenderness for him so i'm i'm going to give him the benefit of that tenderness in my delivery just because he he's he's feeling sad and if it's for you know other people to say well no he deserves everything he gets well then that's up to them <laughs> right i i i'm i'm always aware of of the emotions the the real emotions that people are feeling and um that that makes a difference i think in in for for the person who's who's watching the show and it probably helps the describer when they get the script from the writer because i'm sure the writer has to convey those emotions in such a short period of time and that's something exactly. we could we can ask darla about next week cuz she's on our show um, are there any subjects that you've been not afraid of tackling but any topics or subject matter that have been difficult for you um i i pretty much do anything that comes down the pike <laughs> you know i mean i i have done a lot of a lot of shows in in you know the past almost 10 years i, I was doing a little bit of a tally i mean for for series it's around closing in on 60 different series and i've done movies by the dozens and documentaries and i i have a, a vast interest in in just about everything so i'm i can i can get on board with with just about everything well, and uh, and i have to say that's probably why you know you're one of the people that are still working because you have a consistency in your delivery you know as someone who's totally blind i've seen narcos i've seen breaking bad i've seen sex education i've seen the jesse pinkman movie i've seen a lot of the stuff or listened to the a lot of the work that you've done and there's mm -hmm. a consistency to that delivery which really pulls mm -hmm. you in as an audience member oh that's good thank you very much yeah i i i i like to be the person sitting next to you who's just quietly 
telling you and, and able to laugh with you or to cry with you or to be horrified with you. <laughs> I, I've, I mean, I, I've done some pretty, pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I did one series. It was sort of a semi-reality thing, Gigolos. <laughs> and uh, oh, I like how they all laugh because they know exactly. What <laughs> <laughs> probably watched it. <laughs> no, tried right. yet. <laughs> like ha, 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 she caught us. <laughs> I I auditioned, but uh, apparently I wasn't. I, I didn't hit the demographic. <laughs> no, no one would pay him. <laughs> they paid me to go away. <laughs> I said, "Look, we'll 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 authenticate your parking. Get out of here." <laughs> yeah, but I, you know, so I mean, exactly. I've I've gone from that to 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 really tender stuff like um, "When Calls the Heart." I did Anne with an E as well for Netflix, right. and those those are all really very poignant and um and and gentle they're very gentle so they're you know the complete opposite to say dexter where right dexter you know um he he had to plunge a knife in somebody's chest at least once during the episode so. <laughs> <laughs> probably like yeah well, maybe at least once a week hmm. <laughs> exactly so, so Diane, Diane, what kind of time investment is it to to do a recording for? Let, I mean, let's just say for the average show. So, how, I mean, how much time is it in the in the actual studio for you? It's it's very fast. I'm I'm probably I don't know maybe because I've been doing it for so long, but I'm 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 a I'm a quick study, and for a one hour program, that might take a writer fifteen hours to write. I can do it within that hour. Mm. Yeah. I do it within, yeah, because I'm I'm there and and ready and raring to go when I I come in. So, yeah, it goes pretty quickly. It does go pretty fast. Um, a movie like a, a feature movie that's maybe a ninety minute running time. That again will ta- probably take about ninety minutes to do. Wow. For yeah, description. Hmm. And, and you know, I, I'm. We, we're very careful. Um, the recordists and I work together, and um, I, I will hang on to something if if I didn't like the way I presented something, or I didn't like the way I pronounced a word. I'll say, okay, I got to go back uh, thirty lines because I I didn't like the way I said that. So <laughs> to, to, to make a, a mental note of, of, of uh, a string of words or a sentence or something that you didn't like the way it went, I, 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 may, I demand, I said, okay, I've got to go back and do that again because I, I can change, change the cadence to, uh, to better suit the visual. And, and that, is, uh, that can be difficult. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I am perfectionist and I, I, I readily admit that. And, uh, you know, sometimes it, it's, it's crazy how one word will trip you up where you, or like three words in a row, if, if there's a <laughs> thing and you, it's like, take 10 and I'm say, I'm sorry, I got to do it again. Oh, cause you did do it. You get like halfway through. Nope. You got to do it again. <laughs> got to do it again. 
part of it yeah well i'm curious too like how much of a of a how much of a collaboration is it because i can i can really see how when when they're writing the copy it sometimes things might not translate well like you might sit down to, to record it and it's just like ah this word isn't working or this even the alliteration part like maybe that might be something that they might not catch when they're writing it but when you're trying to say it it's mm -hmm. it's different so are you sort of able on the day when you sit down and record it to be like yeah you know what can we make this change or this change because the timing just isn't working out like how much sort of say in crafting the lines do you have um yes you're absolutely right we we'll we will make edits um if if we're not sure um we will do an alternate so we'll we will record it using different words sometimes there there is, is no time and we will have to edit the copy and that is uh, a note is made of that and the writer is made aware that we've had to slightly alter the script a little bit um it doesn't happen very often uh you know and and sometimes you get autofill you know where where the writer didn't intend to use a particular word where it, it just it just it was autofill and it went in there is is wrong uh, you know and again going back to uh, news industry as as someone who delivered the news you're sort of like the it's it's you you're you're hanging out there the, the listener doesn't know everything else that went into it behind you know all all the other the reporters and and people who have gone out and ferried out the stories or what your source is all they know is what's coming out of the box right all, all they know is what and if uh, you are sort of like the final the final piece and, and 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 that makes it seamless right so they shouldn't have to worry about the writing and and, you know, I read some of the um, chat groups, audio description group, um, and, and, you know, they're pretty tough. I mean, they are pretty tough and, and are critical of writing. And um, I, I think I work with some really good writers. And um, sometimes, yeah, we do have to substitute words where something has been used, a uh, word has been used in, in the wrong manner. It, it doesn't apply. So we will... I, I make it's, the recordist and I agree. Yeah, we're we're going to substitute this word for that word just because it flows better and and it and it, it applies more to to the scene of, of what we're describing. So yeah, there there we do make small edits if we need to. Have have there been any rumblings in the industry about the possibility of voice actors being replaced with AI? And I'm not encouraging it, obviously, but I'm just, you know, it's just, I've heard, I've heard audio description with synthetic voices and it's horrible. And, mm -hmm. um, and I'm just wondering if there has been anything that's sort of starting to creep into the industry more. Uh, yes, there are, are some, um, some uh, studios that uh, do use AI and um, the criticism of that is because it's a cost cutting measure. And uh, and it, I I do believe that there is some concern for people who who are voice actors and uh, you know maybe more not so much 
for described video audio description but you know in in the whole realm of say animation and that kind of thing to replace um humans with ai and and there is a real drive for it unfortunately but you know i i have my own feelings about ai and being replaced so <laughs> that it, it is a concern i think it is a concern probably for anybody who does work in uh in description but i would think that it's like a lot of other things that people are trying to sort of use ai for which is is great for some things but it's that human element that you would lose out of that and i sort of have a question that sort of ties into that because i'm curious also in you know your own techniques you know having done this for so long how do you sort of slightly altered description depending on the mood of the scene or the mood of the movie or you know when you're when you're describing a horror movie and you you have a, a scene that's full of tension do you sort of alter the way that you deliver the audio description as opposed to if you were describing something out of a you know a drama or something oh yes absolutely um the pacing changes the pacing of the delivery changes because um and and the scene demands uh, uh much more uh, intensity and um that that has to do with the pacing uh, of of the script too and where where there's um you know a, the monster is going to jump out of the closet as as the, the child walks across the floor and you you can you you create that with it, with the theater of the mind right it's it um and when the monster does jump out of the closet of course there's <laughs> it's pretty yeah. scary so um and and that's you know the old acting background there that's i i, I rely on on that to uh to help um create the scene and and, and create the the images that um that I hope are being conveyed and 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 match the what 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 is happening in the scene. I I you know I I'll be I love uh, chase scenes. I love car chase scenes. I love fight scenes. Fight scenes can be a lot of fun to describe. <laughs> Not that I I'm a really violent person or anything, but it's there's so much action. The action scenes are are thrilling. And uh, they're, they are a lot of fun to do. I, I got to say that. Well, and see, and that to me, that right there is enough to really go, well, then AI can never really replace that because that's something that AI would not be able to do. Yes, you could, you could program an AI to deliver some audio description, but it's not going to understand the context. There's going to be no, there, there's going to be none of that human element because really when you think about, somebody who's engaging with the audio description who who requires it somebody from you know in the blind or partially sighted community mm -hmm. you're you're like another character you're another part of that piece and if you just replace that with synthetic voice that has absolutely no context and no sort of human element of how you're delivering that line it's just it's going to be really flat yes exactly i mean I, I rely on personal experience because I, I know what it's like to say goodbye to somebody 
And I know what it's like to have someone die. And I know what it's like to see something unfold in front of you that like a, a car accident or you can't believe what you're seeing because, you know, it's, it's something that just is so strange. AI doesn't have that personal connection. It doesn't have the history um, and it doesn't have the emotion and, and the recall of those emotions to be able to put it into the description of something. That, that right there, I think, is a really good reason to really push back on companies that are look, seriously looking at that. Because, you know, again, it's kind of bullcrap that it's a cost-cutting measure and they just want to deliver something that's the, the cheapest and, and we're sort of removing really engaging visual description or audio description that's that's going to be meaningful to the, to the audience you know yep i mean you know and and I'm, i have a lot of compassion and and i am pretty emotional and as my my patient recordist can tell you there are some times when a, a scene will particularly hit me the wrong way and and I, I get caught up in the emotions of the moment and I have to say, give me, I, I need five minutes here to get over the weeping and blow my nose and go and eat some sugar. And <laughs> AI doesn't have to do that, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, it, Ryan, you, you said you've listened to some of these. I mean, you, you can probably hear my voice hitching sometime if something that is particularly sad or poignant, because I do get caught up in that moment and uh, they leave it in. Well, and I think <laughs> that's, that's the sign of an excellent audio describer. I'm currently watching a show right now on Netflix and it's a male describer and I f I'm not going to name the company, but it's not local. But okay. it's he's very monotone-ish, and he is he is real. He's not synthesized speech. He's not AI. He's he's a person, and I almost stopped watching the show because he was hard to listen to, right? Mm -hmm. And you want or I want some emotion, you know. I don't think Breaking Bad would have been the show it was if there was no emotion, right? Same with Narcos. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. there's a lot of these shows that have grit. And that emotion has to come across to the audience. So no, it's that's all part of the part of the process, as far as I'm concerned. Yes, I totally agree. Yep. And so now this is a bit of a personal question, but like I'm curious now. So d does it kind of suck for you to have to sort of experience? And I'm thinking of Breaking Bad in particular because that's such a great show, and I think we've all seen it. But like that's such a such a show that. It's a, such a unique experience when you first experience that. So for you, you sort of can't watch the shows before you describe it. You're sort of forced to engage with it after you've described it. And I'm sure that the show just isn't the same when you're watching it sort of on your own, you know, outside of work. Does, has that ever happened to you? Or you're just like, man, this sucks that I had to describe this because I would have loved to just enjoy this show for the very first time on my own. Oh no, I I I quite enjoy it. After absolutely, yeah, I I because I don't get to see all of it when I'm I'm in the in the booth when I'm recording. I don't get to see all of it. I'm all I'm doing is is the description part. So there, there are chunks that I have completely missed. Got it. Okay. I, yeah, I have not seen the like every every minute of the episode. It's 
it just it, I'm I'm just doing my part and uh, and hopefully it, it comes across <laughs> that, that I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so now, do you do you find that you get like sort of audio recognized by people, or do people ever come up to you? Have you ever been? You know, someone's like, oh, my God, your voice sounds so familiar. Right? You know, I was just watching this Netflix show uh, a few weeks ago, and it really your voice really rings a bell. Um, no, not so much. No, it uh, when I worked in radio, of course, that was because that was five days a week. Uh, people would, you know, I had people would sort of look at me a bit sideways where they've heard my heard my voice before and they don't know where from. <laughs> um, but not not so much. Uh, with uh description it's um and it's it's good I, I think that that is a good thing i would rather that uh to remain anonymous we do put our byline in at the end now which is something that we haven't done before yeah i was just going to mention that because some of the different companies that are providing audio description will say audio description by eli or emma or whatever the name of the describer was and mm -hmm. dbw has never done that so I was going to ask, you know, is that something they were thinking about doing and why the anonymity? Yeah, yeah we just started. We just started doing that um, geez, not long ago, end of last year, right. I think. Yeah. But that was, it, it's kind of nice. I mean. For sure. And, you know, and, and I know that some describers aren't even using their, their real names. Some <laughs> of the writers are using pseudonyms as well. So, uh, you know. I have no problem. I always use my my name in radio, and um, that's fine. That's that's who I am, and I'm not gonna. <laughs> then then people don't like it. I guess they always know the name, and they can look me up and and yell at me or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why there's focus groups, right? That are critiquing the audio description. So, you'll, yeah. I'm sure we'll hear about it. Oh, sure. But I do think that that's a good thing because I really what what I do think that that signals is that there's a real credibility now behind audio description. I mean, I'm sure that that you know you've been involved with with uh, descriptive video works for ten years, mm -hmm. um, and y even in that space of time, we've really seen audio description grow to a real you know credible field. I think it has grown, and um, and it's it's thanks to. Um, the people, um, the uh, low vision and um, visually impaired community for, for getting out there and being louder about it. When I first started, and this was conversation that we would have at little gatherings with um, people who worked for Descriptive Video Works, is that people who had hearing issues, the deaf community, they were, they were more militant. They demanded closed captioning. And they got closed captioning on everything. And now from people who are, are blind, low vision, they are getting more militant. And they're becoming more demanding of, of, you know, they want it. And they deserve to have that accessibility. And so it, it is, it's, it's really, you know, in the time that I started there, it has really evolved quite a bit. And, you know, even in the United States, um, Diane Johnson, the founder of DBW, she uh, went to Washington and she she made pitches there 
the American Council of the Blind, and um, they did sign. I know that they signed some. Um, not they couldn't sign it into law, but just just say that broadcasting or all all programming should have audio description, and and those are big steps forward. And, you know, AI maybe it does have a place if you're going to do. You know, I I don't know. Would you want to watch Cheers? the TV show Cheers or MASH with AI or do you, or would you like a person to be describing it? You know, definitely I'm very, very passionate. MASH was a very passionate and compassionate show. And, you know, if you're going to do the entire back catalog, is it reasonable to have a writer write the show and somebody come in to describe it? And then the producers having to 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 put it together. You know, I I don't know. But, but I think I, that's I, a discussion that's been happening for a few years now. Ever since synthesized yeah. audio began being used in back episodes of Star Trek: Next Generation yeah. and, and other series as well. You know, should the back catalogs all be done? And do you want audio description? Because we can give it to you, but it comes at a price. We either do synthesized audio on the cheap. Or we pay voice actors to come in and do it, right? And I think mm -hmm. I think it's probably going to fall to the synthetic audio, um, yeah. or we need thousands more audio describers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which yes, isn't indeed. a bad thing. But no, it isn't, because every you know there everybody a broad range of describers is is necessary. Because yeah. you know, I mean, I I don't do a lot of children's programming. And there are other narrators who work for DVW whose voices are much more suited to children's programming than mine is. Whereas you won't have someone who's uh, got a, a, a young voice doing something like Breaking Bad or Dexter. Well, it, even it just... dialects and languages, right? You know, there's mm -hmm. probably enough English, French, and possibly Spanish describers out there, but what about the rest of the world, right? There's content there that needs to be described also. Indeed. And um, Keyword Studios, which is now the owner of DVW, they are expanding. They're, they're a global company, and they are bringing description to every, every, every country. And it's fantastic. Uh, so there's, it, it's in Turkish, and, and they're in um, Asia and uh, um, Philippines, and they're 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 going global. South America, you know. So it's, it it is really expanding in 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 that regard, and in bringing it to the world, which is excellent. And I think it's a great idea. Absolutely. Well, we want to really thank you again for taking some time out and uh, chatting with us about this. Um, I love to dive into like sort of the inner workings of all of this because, you know, it's, it's interesting as a consumer, you know, we get it when it's just, it's working great. It's, it's, you know, and it's one of these things that when it is working great, it is, it's, it's seamless. It's almost invisible. You're just, your voice becomes just part of the experience so it's really it's really cool to sort of hear about you know how this all happens how the sausage is made <laughs> so to speak so um thanks again for coming on do you, anything to plug any anything at all that you want to 
you just want to sort of put out there to the audience if they want to reach out and contact you or if you know where they can go to maybe find out a, a, a filmography of all your work uh, there is one website and it's um, american-based um, american association of audio describers i believe it is called and um, there you can find links to all the people who are doing or most of the people who do audio description and it even lists some of the uh, programs that they have described a, a, a while ago um, one of our, uh, our 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 people was compiling a list of so he, he asked me if I would send him you know a list of, of, of some of the things that I've done <laughs> he didn't put those three pages up there I'm <laughs> <laughs> that far but no it's it's great I'm, you know i really enjoy it and um it the show is the thing it, it really is the, the show is the thing and and if we can bring the the intent and passion and um tell the story um i think that's that's what what i want to do i want to be telling the story that goes along and with with the the movie or the program or the documentary or the series because that's that's really what I, I i love doing and i'm and i hope to be doing it for a, a very long time to come all right well you know what i'm sure you are because like i said i don't think ai is gonna i don't think that's gonna <laughs> cut the mustard in terms of replacing humans in that sense i mean you can't have ai describing gigolos come on no. <laughs> it's, true. it's just wrong <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You watch one of those episodes, and guaranteed you'll want to take a shower after. <laughs> <laughs> how, about, how about not watching it but having it described? Is that just as dirty? <laughs> It, it it was pretty dirty. I got it. <laughs> well, listen, you're selling the show in in this with this group. It's, you're guaranteed now we're all going to tune in. Everyone's going to want to check out Gigolos now. Are you, are you kidding? I, I'm just turning it on for the audio description. <laughs> I have to reach out to them, see if they'll be podcast sponsors at this point. All things being equal, you know? I mean... Uh, sure, why not? Why, why not, you know, describing porn? I mean, it's... Yeah, all well, equal, yeah right? we've, we've heard of that. We've heard of that. Somebody's doing it, yeah. that's right thank you for having me i really enjoyed it thanks so much everyone it's been a pleasure thank you thank you thank you diane okay bye-bye yep gigolos eh yeah who would have to add that to my guilty pleasure watching (laughs) (laughs) i'm kind of usually i'm kind of boring with those reality shows like my my idea in the past of like a, a reality show has been like been like the deadliest catch right you, you but, forget uh, that shows like that need describing too, you know? Sure, why not? Exactly. Yeah, of course they do. But it's, you, oh my gosh, like to have the job of writing it or even delivering it. But yeah. Diane, listen, Diane's a pro, so she's she's, exactly. probably, she's seen it all. But I think for the rest of us, it's like, wow, <laughs> it is. It's a little like, it's very taboo. Like, how is There'd this going to be described? <laughs> be a lot of giggling. So you have to the writer would have to like leave space for like and then liz giggles for three minutes <laughs> no, right. 
Rob has leave space for Rob's. Oh my. (laughs) (laughs) How does that work? Hey, listen, Rob, I still remember you reading the definition of what the shocker was. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The shocker. I forgot about the shocker. Wow. Yeah. There you go. Sure. The shocker's in the gigolos as well. Sure. It's in there somewhere. (laughs) Almost certainly. Well, you let um, us know. You report back, Rob. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely well. It's looks it's described. You you we'll check back with you. You're turning it on tonight. I'm, I'm sure. I, mean, I don't you know where it where it's who at. Ha, I don't. I who has it, it's on one of the networks, right? I don't know which I one. I guess I've never even heard of the show until Diane. Yeah, uh, just Google it. It's on. Yeah, just Google it. What is sure, it? It's, it's sounds is like it, it sounds pretty trashy. It sounds it like H, it's a Discovery it's like, Plus. It's like okay. HBO or. Oh or yeah, Showtime or Cinemax is one of those. Yeah, you're right. Them. You're right. It would or have to be Cinemax, whatever. Cinemax. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna go off the rails. I can just tell the train's already like coming off the rail. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, it's really interesting. This whole AI thing. I think that synthetic voice in AI. I keep coming back to this idea of like the archives, like going through and audio describing like old shows. I mean, I guess I can see the value in doing that because it's, it's gotta be hard because those, those shows, there's no money in those shows. Like nobody's, that's right. Nobody's clamoring for, for, you know, reruns of Sanford and son to be, described so maybe that is where you throw something like a synthetic voice and and some ai at it to just be like hey it's better than nothing um and then all all, everything else everything current or everything you know say in in the past 10 years you know that's what you sort of lean your efforts in to uh to audio describe with with humans i don't know it's it's tough because i'm sure there are some people out there that would say no you know what if i want to watch an old episode of taxi uh i should have you know a human Mm -hmm. describer just like everybody else like i i don't know well isn't it interesting to think about how somebody would go back to describe it after the fact and are are they going to describe it in the way we spoke back then or versus now i mean because like well they say oh it was a taxi cab of the this model in this era blah 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 you know whereas at the like, I'm yeah. just wondering how that yeah. would be done. And if that's the case, then wouldn't you have to sort of sort of retroactively re-describe things to make yeah. them relevant to, to a future generation? Yeah. You, well, point. yeah. Like you said, would you have to remodel the language that we've given up, right? Because we're so politically correct now, whereas we weren't in the 80s and the 70s. Mm. So would the writer yeah. write it the way it was put out yeah. or yeah. rewrite it for today's audience, which wouldn't have the same impact. I mean, a lot of those shows aren't even like available anywhere. Like, you know, I don't even know where you would necessarily go to watch like YouTube, old, like some old, old 70s show, YouTube channel, uh, film, rice, television. They're all there. Oh yeah. yeah. Wait, what's it called? I think it's called film rice, film ride, mm-hmm. film rice TV. Interesting. Yeah, Greatest mm. American Heroes up there, all the seasons, watch them all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, but yeah, I mean, I, and let's be honest, like there are some 70 shows that wouldn't even, would not 
pass the smell test anymore. Like right. you just, nobody's, nobody's airing those shows because they're just too, yeah, a little bit too, uh, a period of their time that, yep. you know, just wouldn't necessarily fly these days. But, um, so I don't know. It, anyways, that's, that's, it's just here, an interesting thing there. to, mm-hmm. it's, it's interesting to just sort of, you know, think about how sure. one would go about it if, <laughs> you're right. you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, you think, I know it. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine like shows like, I don't know, like like the Jeffersons and oh yeah, um, that I mean, I mean, how would you describe fashion and hairstyles and you know and yeah, modernizing the language? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, gosh, even some old Tom and Jerry cartoons, even. (laughs) So we could ask our scriptwriter next week. Yeah, there you go. Actually, that would be a good question. That would be, you know, what what are the challenges when you're sort of, you know, having to write copy for something that's a period piece? Yeah. Yeah. Write that down. (laughs) Ryan's madly typing right now. Nope. No, I know I can hear you. (laughs) Forget it in two minutes. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's interesting stuff, you know, and, and Liz and Ryan, I think you do engage with something like audio description for shows very differently than, than say me and Steve. So what was that like for you to hear sort of about her process? I, well, I, I, I'm a, I have the same experience as Ryan that if I hear too much synthetic, I, I sometimes just have to shut it off. And just yeah. hope for the best, and you know, depending on what I'm watching. Um, but you, yeah, I mean, I, this is a very interesting peeling back the curtain kind of moment because, you know, I wasn't sure how much was scripted in the way of how the narrator would deliver it. Is it was it mm. part of the script? Or, I didn't even know if they actually even did it while watching the footage or if they were just given like this is how much time or if in the studio they truncated it yeah so to make it fit in that in that whatever the time space was so i really had no idea how it was actually being created but i i I really thought like okay they get a script and there's like maybe little cues like like with you know with with emphasis on this or with excitement or you know more you know mellow or da 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 and then they just kind of make it fit yeah. But yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating process. Totally. So much more spontaneous than I realized. Yeah. And like I said, you know, a bad narrator can take you right out of a, of a series or an episode, right? And just make you stop watching it. So it's the same thing with a bad audiobook narrator. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Where, yep. yeah, I've had somewhere I've just had, I just had to say, okay, yep. I can't even get through this book. Yep. <laughs> and you feel bad because it's not necessarily. The story, it's you don't like how it's being delivered because right. of the yeah. way that actor is interpreting it. Yep. Um, yeah. And then sometimes you just go, at, <laughs> then you do the reverse and you go back to, all right, I'm going to get the the PD, the, you know, the Kindle, or whatever, and I'm going to just synthesize audio and just it, let yeah. it read it to me. And that's horrid. <clears throat> that's even worse. Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah you but I've had to do that. It. Yep. The thing that shocked me the most was the fact that she doesn't get the script ahead of time. Like she just sits down and does a cold read. Like that's amazing. I've talked to Melissa from time to time from Descriptive Video Works. And one of the things that she had mentioned was that, like Diane said, they don't get to see the TV show or movie before 
coming up with, you know, the script writer doesn't have a chance to really watch it. They, they watch the scenes and stuff and write the script based on time codes. And this is what, you know, we want you to say here, here and here. But they're, the movie producers, the houses, whatever, the creators are really worried about plagiarism, right? Look what happened with the music industry. They don't want their content, their media disappearing and hitting mainstream. So when they give something to Descriptive Video Works, like Diane said, she gets a script from the scriptwriter. she goes in, she reads it, she goes home, with never even having seen, a t most of the time, a single scene in that show, mm. right? Yeah. So it is a cold read. You're going in, and like she said, you may try to read the script a line or two ahead to kind of see what's coming up, and that can help you convey the emotion that's needed for that, that scene. But it's got to be tricky. It's got to be difficult trying to remain neutral. You know, there were days when audio describers, they wanted the, you know, they wanted the radio announcer voice, you know, come on down to blah, blah, blah. And, you know, now from what I keep hearing and reading is that they want just a more natural delivery. They want the human component to be evident in, yeah. in, in the read, right? So. Well, and I, and I did find it really interesting that the, one of the reasons why they do that is so that the audio describer can be experiencing things along with the viewer, so right. they don't have preconceived notions of what's going on. Right. I found that really interesting, and I think that that's that's great. That's that's a sign of a really healthy, evolving industry because they're they're interested in creating a quality product. Well, at least you know, descriptive video works. You know, I, I can't certainly can't speak to the, any other studios that are doing this because we just haven't talked to them, but. For them, you know, that's that's the key thing is that they're they're going to create meaningful and impactful description that's really going to, um, you know, leave the the viewer with a you know a, a meaningful experience. So I think that's great. Yeah, and when we had Melissa on last, I'm pretty sure that she said, you know, they really believe in having the human narrator, yeah. right? Yeah. They, if if synthetic speech is the only option, then they'll go there. But they really want everything to be, you know, narrated by people. Yep. Yeah. Well, it's great. Well, listen, I'm looking forward to next week when uh, we talk to a writer from Descriptive Video Works just to tickle the audience with a feather. Uh, yeah. So we'll be doing next week. So stay tuned. Mm. You better you better watch some gigolos. You're prepared. <laughs> Yeah, or I should really, say, should listen to write. some gigolos. Yeah, I'm going to have to look that up now. But Well, listen, it's getting late. It is. I think this gigolo needs needed. to get the hell out of here. Yep. Yeah, so <laughs> me and Steve got Joe gigoloing to do. Time, time for us to go work the mean streets. <laughs> uh, well, so then, in that case, uh, hey, Liz. Hey, Rob. Where can people find me? And don't say on the corner of 7th Street and 2nd <laughs> Avenue in New Westminster. Wearing assless uh, chaps. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's where they true. can find Ryan. But they can find the rest of us at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email, if they so desire, at cowbell at atbanter.com. And if they're truly inspired, they can actually go on to social media and find us on places like Facebook, Instagram, and maybe, maybe Twitter. 
No. Well, we're, I think we've started to kind of let Twitter dwindle. We're putting more energy into Instagram now. Yeah, that's right. So we didn't announce this, but I told you I I called this, I called this shot a couple of weeks ago. But the triumphant return of our Instagram account is <laughs> happening. It is. We found the password. There's stuff up there stuff. now. Yep. Yeah. We're 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 gonna make a go at this Instagram thing. So who who's 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 posting on the AT Banter Instagram? Uh, Ryan has mostly been. been posting, yeah. So is it it's just going to be pancake pictures? That's no, it? No, well, maybe, but... <laughs> what have you been doing? Huh? huh? What have you been doing? There? I've been doing stuff on Twitter, actually. Oh, good for you. Excellent. Yay. <laughs> Somebody's Twitter. using Twitter. Woo! <laughs> Elon. Get all the Elon. Wait, did he, did he quit? Is that what I heard? Did he... Is he not well, doing the Twitter, Twitter thing anymore? anymore? Like, I know he still owns it, but I thought he passed the reins to somebody else. Not he, yet. He, he brought no? in a oh, CEO. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's what it was. I don't think yeah, they he... started yet, though. Oh, yeah. I'll probably well, quit. Well, we tell should Ryan start taking Ra bets on how long she'll last. Get Ryan Reynolds to buy them since he couldn't buy the Ottawa Senators. What? He wasn't happy with Mint Mobile? Or didn't he sell Mint Mobile? <laughs> no, he, well, I thought he owned Mint Mobile, but he was going to buy an NHL team, and I think that fell through, so he needs you know, somewhere I, to spend I, his money. I thought he sold Mint, his shares of Mint Mobile oh, and walked away with a boatload of money. That's probably why hmm. he, he, he went and tried to buy a hockey team. Oh, uh, maybe. I believe you are correct. You know, maybe, maybe Steve, maybe you should buy the Canucks. Oh Jesus! Like, give them, give them a couple of years. The, the, I mean, the, the price has got to be pretty low. At Did this you point. not hear his his like win loss record on yeah, going yeah. with hey, NHL teams? Listen, like, it's, it's, it's bad enough when he owns. It's bad enough when I'm a fan. It's bad enough when I'm a fan. As, as ownership, they would never win a game again. I got thirteen bucks in my pocket that I can pitch in. That should give me like what a good twenty percent ownership right there. Ouch! I'll take the, the a little best, Canuck action. The, the best. Best thing I can possibly do for the Canucks this season or this coming season is to become a Calgary Flames fan. <laughs> so go Flames! Woo! There you go. You're already here, folks. Oh boy. Oh man. All right, let's get out of here. Uh, yeah, that is going to about do it for us this week. Uh, big thanks, of course, to Diane for joining us, and we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H.com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778 847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. 